Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Friday with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. All right, before we jump into this episode, I want to invite you to be considered for my Work Hard, Play Hard Mastermind by completing an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. So this mastermind is not like any mastermind you may have been to or heard of, I promise you. This mastermind is for six to seven figure entrepreneurs that are working too damn much and aren't taking the time to have amazing experiences around the world with an incredible tribe of people. So every 100 days or so, I drop you into new experiences that are specifically designed to elevate your thinking, to give you new ideas. Look, you get your best ideas not staring at a computer. And actually, this is the way high-level people really collaborate with each other. They do it over a glass of champagne, watching the sunset in the south of France. And we'll be doing things just like that. In fact, we'll be taking a vintage car ride through the French Riviera this summer. And we'll be truffle hunting in Florence in the fall, to name just a few of the experiences so that I can give you a feel for it. So if you are ready to do some fun stuff around the world and really, really want to level up your tribe in one shot, fill out an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. We'll jump on a call and we'll see if it's a good fit. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Well, Kimberly, Cinque Terra, Murgatroyd, how the hell are you? Sorry, I was uh, slamming a little e-shot action there. The baby had me up at like 5.30 and by baby, I mean almost five-year-old. Freaking 5.30 in the morning. Hey, mommy, what'd you dream about last night? I'm like, I'm still freaking dreaming. Do you think that the person who's running on the treadmill that's listening to this right now needs, needs to hear <laughs> that? And by the way, why does every child make that noise after drinking something? Child? Yeah. You make that noise. Hey, Kimberly, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about mindset and the difference between- Oh, we fixed. have to talk about your fixed mindset. That's right. Okay, go ahead. Uh-huh. Yeah. So for those of you that have never heard of a gal named Carol Dweck, and by gal, I mean a 74-year-old Yale professor, she wrote a book and the book is called, wait for it, Mindset. And what so she super did- super creative. But let me tell you what I love about this book. What I love about this book is it's not based upon- motivational stuff. It's all based upon research. So I thought what we would do is um, for people that don't know what this book is, and a lot of people have heard the term fixed mindset and growth mindset as I have, but it's only sort of in context. Like somebody will go, oh, he's got a fixed mindset and you're, you're sort of left to define it yourself. Well, people also get confused between mindset, like having a growth mindset and positivity. And a positive mindset. Yeah, and because those are, they're not the same. No, and they positivity, are. Positivity for all of you moms out there that watch Trolls. Sorry, 
I think, I think I, you watch Trolls for Justin Bieber. Somehow, not Justin Bieber. What's his name? Justin Anthony. What's his name? Justin. Justin Anthony. <laughs> no, he, he owns the restaurant. He owns the restaurant. What is it? What's his name? Justin. Come on, the dancer. Justin. <laughs> the heck is his name? Why are you letting me drown here? <laughs> what is his name? Timberlake. Thank you. You're right. You literally were letting me Yeah, I was just going to see how far you would sink. You were letting me die on the vine. I was going to throw you a, a lifeboat. It's okay. Kim. Yes. Can you tell him the definition of a fixed mindset for the love of God? Because I'm developing one right now. Uh, Rob Murgatroyd. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So the definition of a fixed mindset. So here's the thing. The fix, fixed mindset, people believe that your ability... So whatever your ability is in X, okay? So think of something that, you know, let's say you're a soccer player or you're, you want to be a writer or whatever that is. You think your ability or your talent is fixed. Also, your intelligence is fixed. So, you know, let's say you're smart, but you have a friend that's like Mensa smart, right? Like super, super duper smarty pants. And you think you could never, ever increase to that level. And that my kids, is a fixed mindset. All right, so a growth mindset on the other end of the spectrum is where people believe that their learning and intelligence can grow with time and experience. So they don't believe that whatever it is that they're working on. So if you can imagine, you know, recently we went to uh, to Boston and we had the uh, the privilege of going inside the batting cages for the Red Sox. And, you know, when I think about a ball coming at me at 60 miles an hour, and normally, by the way, it's 120 miles an hour, but in our case, they cut it in half roughly. No, that's exactly half, isn't it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. uh, my math was never good. I have a, yeah. Fixed mindset uh, math. Fi- fixed mindset math. When the ball's coming at you at 60 miles an hour and you swing and you said. miss it, you can, you can say when that ball, this, this show's going down, this, this shitter, <laughs> when... When that ball is coming at you at 60 miles an hour and you swing and miss, you can walk off that uh, batting cage area and you can say to yourself, I suck. I don't know how to hit the ball and I'm a loser. And, you know, I was never very good in Little League and I really don't have a hand-eye coordination. Or you could do what I did, which is I switched to the other side. <laughs> you always have been a switch hitter. That's what they've said. They, oh my they've, God, they've said Robert Murgatroyd. The thing is you have to decide which one of these you are. Now, what I've learned as we're going to go through this, we're going to use multiple examples. Understand that this is all based upon research that Carol Dweck has done with students. So you're going to hear me talking a lot about the research with students. And I think it's important for two reasons. One is a lot of our listeners we know have children. And number two, you can see some of the habits that may have developed when you were a kid versus why you have these habits. They may have developed when you were a child. You know, what's interesting about this is we're going to go into this in a second, but my mom, my parents were both teachers. Okay. So I grew up with two high school teachers for parents. And my mom was very focused on the grade that came home. So it was, you had a test today, what did you get on it? And that to me is very much um, focusing on that fixed mindset because a fixed mindset focuses on the success versus the growth. And a growth mindset obviously focuses on the learning and the growth that was done. So, you know, with Sophia, I want to be mindful to be like, How did you do on the test? How did you feel that you did? What did you learn? What could you have done better versus what grade did you get? And I think that those small tweaks in raising are different because I remember really chasing that grade. And, you know, we're going to talk about this in a second, but with kids, 
if you set the barometer of, you know, you're smart and you need to achieve X and for some reason they can't achieve that and, or, you know, they're struggling to achieve it because other things came so easy to them and this one particular subject is harder, they may retreat and go backwards and just say, screw it. I'm not going to try because if I can't get an A, then I'm not going to do it at all. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about where this began. So it began where uh, Carol Dweck had this idea where, where she said, I think that there's a difference between a growth mindset and a, a fixed mindset. I think that people process things differently. And I want to do a little experiment. So she did an experiment with puzzles. She took puzzles and she gave them to 10-year-olds. She put them in a room and she gave them a very, very simple puzzle. And she said, go ahead, bang this puzzle out and let's see how you do. And the kids, you know, uh, started to do it. And they did really, really well because it was super easy and they felt good. And then she started increasing the complexity of the puzzle. And she was able to identify very, very quickly as the puzzles increased in difficulty, she was able to identify which kids had the fixed mindset versus which kid had the growth mindset because the kids with the fixed mindset, one, when they weren't able to do the puzzles or it wasn't easy for them to do the puzzles, they started to grunt, they started to moan, they started to complain, and they started to want to get out of the room. They were like, this is not fun. I don't like it. I don't like puzzles. I never like puzzles. I'm not good at puzzles. Meanwhile, they just was, were able to do one. Conversely, the, uh, the kids with a growth mindset looked at the puzzles and as they got harder, they rolled up their sleeves and went, oh, I love challenges. And it was very obvious to see the difference between those two. Yeah. And so, I mean, I can so see myself as a kid. I did love puzzles and I was, you know, more focused on that in, in that particular area. I can see it in Sophia though. This is the thing, right? So we all want to say, oh, we have a fixed mindset. Everybody, because that's what you think the right answer is, you know, and you want to be doing well. But here's the fun fact about this. If you're listening to this now and you're going, oh, I totally have a fixed mindset all the time. Like I'm good. And that is common. You know, I want to say the same thing. Guess what? A fixed mindset is a mindset where the student always wants to appear intelligent or successful. So if you're more concerned with appearing successful or appearing intelligent or appearing like you have a growth mindset versus actually having one or actually being successful or actually being intelligent, then that actually is a fixed mindset. And that was like nine actuallys in a sentence right there. It's a lot of actuallys. But, but-, in, but in the growth mindset, you know, here's the thing. You're not so focused on the actual success or I need to be super intelligent. I need to be seen as super successful. I need to be, you know, all about this. You're truly focused on the growth and the learning. And so you welcome the challenges into your life because it gives you an opportunity to grow and to reach a new level. And where I think this applies in business is, you know, we're going to toggle back and forth between business and children, I think, because those are the things, you know, I, I think most of our listeners are interested in. But when it comes to business, if you think about it like this, you have a certain skill level, okay? So I'm going to use me in, in network marketing. I did a lot of work with Rob uh, when we met on in Tony Robbins, went to UPW, went to Date with Destiny, did all kinds of relationship work and personal work. But I still had many things that made me super uncomfortable. Speaking on stage, talking about money, selling, okay? Like in quotes, like selling people. And then one day we decided to go into network marketing, which is like 
my hell, okay? If you think about the things that I was not good at. So I had a certain amount of ability and intelligence and talent. I'm a natural leader. I can, I can, I'm creative. I can do a lot of things that really helped me get to a certain level. But then once I hit the top, once I hit the ceiling of what my abilities and my talent, my, my natural or, or earned talent gave me, then I hit a ceiling. And then it was like, oh, damn, now what do I do? And I had to make a decision and say, okay, I either need to get over this fear that I have about talking to people about money, this fear of selling, this fear of all that. I either need to bust through this wall or I need to quit this business because it's not going to work. And if I had quit, that would have been a fixed mindset. When you have a fixed mindset, your abilities and your talents are going to take you to a certain level. And depending on who you are, it could be a high level. It could be a low level. It's where where the rubber meets the road, where that up-leveling needs to happen, that is where you really need to focus on having a growth mindset. Because if you work on, I just want to get a little bit better versus I just don't want to fail at this. If you're welcome the failure, then you will move into massive growth, which will put you into massive momentum. You know, that was so good. And while you were telling that story, I thought about something that I hadn't thought about before. For me, it was very, very easy. I had no problem doing the phone calls and I had no problem walking on stage and speaking. That, that's never been an issue for me, right? So th- those, those are quote unquote my natural talents, right? Those, those, are, those are within my zone of genius, within my skill set. That, that was easy. But where I did have problems was I did have problems in the area of leadership, which is your strength. So for me, it was easier as the team grew it was easier for me to defer to you and go, I don't know what to do with this one. You just handle it. And I would very, very quickly say, look, this one's not going to do anything. They're a pain in my ass. And, you, and you're like, no, you're, just, you're not taking the time. And for me, it was a struggle to learn the skill set that was associated with leadership, which I don't frankly think I ever did. And I think that that is an area that I need to focus on with growth. Well, you, you haven't learned about leadership yet. Yet, right, which we're going to get to in a second, the word yet. Now, there's another thing that hit me when you were speaking that I think is important. For, uh, for those of you listening, my wife is a member of the Mensa Club, which pisses me off. And so if you don't know what Mensa well, I'm is- Well, not an official member of the Mensa Club. Well, when you take the Mensa test, you're, they tell you you're a Mensa member, which I think makes you a Mensa member. Mensa Mensa, which uh, sounds Italian. I don't know where it comes from, but it, it's basically an IQ test for really smart people, right? I look at that and I say, I'm not that smart. <laughs> I mean, you know, like I, I can't, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. Well, that is a fixed mindset. If I looked at it and said, well, Kim took the test. She's able to pass for Mensa. I can say, Kim is, she has, she's a strategic thinker. She thinks her brain works much faster than mine. And I'm just not good at it. Case closed, fixed mindset, right? Or I can say, could I do some training? There, there are Mensa puzzle books. There are Mensa books. There are Mensa questions. Could I do training to become a Mensa member? And the answer is yes, because all this research that she's done has shown that the brain is malleable. But when I put the limit on myself and say, I'll never get into Mensa, that's Kim's thing, then that's in that area, I have a fixed mindset. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that, and, and just to be super clear, I'm actually not in Mensa. 
<laughs> you are, honey. You're in, you're in my mensa. Okay. Well, that's what she said. You're in my mensa. All right. So, you know, on that, on that line, here's the thing. Okay. And when, when we watched, there's a YouTube video that, is she a doctor, Dr. Dweck? Can we say that? I mean, Carol she's Dweck? got she's got nine PhDs, okay. so she's a doctor. But it's so it's Carol, not a, it's a, it's a uh, just for the for the record, it is a TED talk with Carol. No, Dweck. the one we watched was a Google. Oh, that was, she a, was talk, Google. It's a talk she did at Google yeah, headquarters. So she yeah. did this talk at Google. There is a TED talk with Carol Dweck. There also, if you Google it, literally, this is really funny. If you Google Google Carol Dweck, Google squared. It, she did a talk at Google headquarters, and one thing she said really, really got me. And it was that when you have a fixed mindset, you're afraid of challenges because they may unmask your deficiencies. So for me, my inability, I like Rob said, I like I'm a critical thinker, I'm a strategic thinker, I'm I love science. I'm a little bit geeky in that. And so to be honest, if you've ever interacted with me in like real life, I may or may not have been weird because I feel like I'm always just a little bit weird. I'm not a natural connector. I'm a little more heady and I kind of shy away from a lot of conversations. So for me to get on the phone and talk to people and like go through this process of selling and all of, and talking about money, all of these things that made me so uncomfortable, that's where I was deficient. Okay. So I have a question for you. Knowing, knowing what you know about a growth mindset, how would you approach these areas of, of quote unquote deficiency that we're discussing differently now? Well, so now I am, I'm approaching them in the way that I know, you know, which is to just go straight into them and go in head on. So where I used you know, the joke is we, the Eckhart Tolle book, we've talked about this before when you asked me if I wanted to read this Eckhart Tolle book a new earth. And I said, no, my earth is fine. So that's a fixed mindset. Now I want to, I I still can't get through that book. I mean, don't kill me. And I know a lot of you are going to tell me it's amazing, but I tried, I tried, I tried. I just can't get, you know, what's ironic about this. I I saw this today. Um, the, uh, the number three podcast out right now is Eckhart and Oprah. They did a 10 part series on the power. And now I thought about you. I was like, (laughs) that would be like sticking a knife through your eye. Well, Oprah's in it. I think it's just the dry of the voice, but anyway, not neither here nor there. My point is my fixed mindset previous. Now I go into it. So now I'm looking and I'm like, okay, so I'm in a certain level of leadership in my team. I think we're at like seven or 8,000 people within our team. And I'm needing to up-level my leadership. I've led before in many capacities, but I've never led in this big of a capacity. And I've never led this many leaders, like this many other strong personalities. So now I'm needing to dig in and do the work. Instead of going, I'm a leader, follow me. I'm so amazing. I'm going, okay, I need to grow in this area. So who are amazing leaders? And I need to reach out to them and ask them to mentor me through growth. And that's, that's one of the things, right? Yeah, let me, uh, let me tie that in a bow. So if you have a growth mindset, you're open to accurate information about your current abilities, even if it's unflattering. So those of you uh, who are listening to this podcast are probably podcast listeners and know a guy named Tom Bilyeu. And uh, I had the privilege of having dinner with him in LA as part of the mastermind uh, that I'm in with uh, Chris Harder called For the Love of Money. One of the things that he said at the dinner, which really, really struck me, is that he's looking for people to talk negatively about him, not in a condescending, insulting way, but in a real feedback way, like... 
Tom is not very good at this, or Tom doesn't explain this well, or Tom could use some help in this area. He is like, bring it on, but not in a bring it on bitch way. He's in a bring it on, I want to learn way. Because he said, look, if somebody is truly being sincere and they're saying that I am not doing well in a particular area, and, and, and for those of you who don't know who he is, he's got a podcast called, uh, I'll think about it. You'll it's, Google it, it it's, Tom yeah, Bilyeu. Tom Bilyeu's podcast. Everything can get solved by Google. Impact theory, impact theory. He said that he used this book, Mindset, to scale his company, Quest, to an ultimate exit of $300 million because he was always looking to see where he had a fixed mindset. So anytime his employees came to him and said, hey, look, we have a problem, he was like, tell me, I want to learn. And he trained himself to look at every area of a weakness as an opportunity to truly grow because he believes that anything can be improved, anything. Leadership, intelligence, business growth, his relationship with his wife, because the brain is malleable and he trained himself that anytime there's a negative area of his life that either he identifies or somebody else identifies for him that there's an opportunity, even if it's insulting. Well, here's the thing. So a lot of people will post quotes and they're like, it's in the challenge that you find success and, or whatever, you know, all these quotes and everybody gets all like, you know, woo woo with this on social media. And maybe you think it and people, when you're, when you're in a good period of your life, when you're in success, when you're in happiness, when you're in bliss, whatever it is, and you're talking about this, you're like all the struggles, they led me here. But then when you're actually in that fucking struggle, it is really hard to be Okay, so what is this teaching me? Okay, how can I use this and grow? I have a tip. You do? I have a tip that has helped me. It, It isn't perfect and it doesn't work every time, but here's my tip. My tip is when you feel it, say to yourself, I love a challenge. Now that may, that may seem like it's silly, but sometimes when I look like, for example, I was at the gym today. I had a really, I had a shitty morning because I lost my, I, you lost your balls. I lost my balls. I used this vibrating <laughs> sphere that I got from, from, from Tom Brady's That's what we're trainer. Name this podcast. I use this vibe. Anyway, it's a Google vibrating sphere and I freaking lost it. I, don't know if I it would was, actually be very mindful and careful Googling vibrating sphere. I'm and, just saying. Anywho, so I lost the thing and it started my day off really pissy. So I'm at the gym and I'm like, shit, I got I to gotta go work out. I, I don't have my sphere, whatever. And I'm getting through the workout and I was like, I, God, I got to begin this whole workout. It's going to be an hour. And then I got to do another 30 minutes of cardio and I got to get this done. And I said, you know what? I'm going to look at this as a challenge. I'm going to see how intense can I get? I got 60 minutes here to do this workout and I got 30 minutes on the treadmill. I'm going to say... I'm going to look at this as an opportunity and a challenge. How intense can I get in this next hour while I'm lifting weights? And how intense am I going to be able to get? And can I use the 30 minutes on cardio to take the stuff I've been learning from Joe Dispenza to look at my future self? And so this is another conversation for another day. But the point is that instead of getting all in my head about how little time I had to do what I wanted to do. The reframe for me, I guess because I like challenges, I think I'm more competitive than I thought I was. I love the challenge. So if you find yourself fixed in an area and go, this sucks, say to yourself, this is a challenge. Yeah. 
And that has really helped me. That That is super helpful. And, you know, if there's anybody out there that likes to compare themselves to others, is there anyone else that likes to compare? Do you like to compare yourself, Robert Murgatroyd? I compare myself all the time. Um, and I'm working on that. We should do a podcast on that because on I have- Comparison and jealousy. Comparison and jealousy. Yeah. Because I, I struggle, I really do struggle with that. So here's what I want to say with this. Hold on one second. She, she stuck her finger up. Hold on. Here's what I want to say. Would you Welcome want to our family ask ask yourself? Would you want lots of success and validation, or challenge? So be really honest with yourself. Do you want success and validation, or do you want a challenge? If you want success and validation primarily, you're likely more of a fixed mindset. If you like a challenge primarily, you're more likely a growth mindset. Are you ready to find a, a really good way to, because what most people are going to say is, oh no, I love a challenge. But like I said, until the challenge shows up. So if you want a way that you can be honest with yourself on whether or not you have a real growth mindset or a real fixed mindset and being able to actually change that if it is more fixed, last time you saw someone's success, so someone in your, maybe in your workplace, maybe in your industry, maybe, you know, a coworker or something got a, a promotion that you were up for. The last time somebody else had success and you didn't, and they're in your world, were you jealous and resentful or were you inspired and you wanted to congratulate them and possibly even ask them how they did it? Now, I'm going to, I'm going to say this. I think it's possible to be both. And let me tell you what I mean. I think if you're, while you're in transition, it sounded like gender reassignment there, but while you're in transition, you may still feel the jealousy and the resentments come up inside you, but you go, okay, I'm feeling a little jealous. I'm feeling a little resentful, but I want to have a growth mindset here. So I'm going to reach out to the person and ask for some mentorship to help. So I think it's possible to have one foot in one camp and the other foot in the other camp while you are transitioning to where you want to go. Well, that's the whole point. I made that up. She didn't say that. No, but that's the whole point. So if you are feeling, there's one thing of saying, oh my gosh, I wish I could have that, but truly feeling in your heart inspired by it, but envious of it, I think that's different than jealous and resentful. So when you're jealous and resentful, that's a whole different bird. That jealous and resentful, jealous is a negative emotion. Having a little bit of envy, but but mostly inspiration, if it makes you angry, it's a negative emotion. It's if how you use it. It's how you use it. If you're envious though, and it more inspires you, mm. that's okay. But yeah, like you said, you want to move more to that inspire and mentorship. But to do that, wait for it. The next step is like, if I saw somebody in my business crushing it, which I, I by the way, I, this just happened last week. There's someone in our business. She's not in my team. She's crushing it. And I said, you know what? I am so inspired by this person. I reached out to her. I said, would you have time to do a phone call with me? I have some questions about leadership that I want to ask you. You guys are crushing it and I'm just so inspired. Am I envious of their success? Absolutely. But I'm mostly inspired by their success. So I reached out to hear what they're doing. And when we're on the call, she's like, well, tell me what you're doing. And as we were explaining what, like the protocol that we're using, she was helping us punch holes in it and see where we were lacking. So I was open to the criticism 
about our our structure and our abilities, even though it wasn't, I mean, that's not comfortable to hear you're like screwing it up, you know, but I was open to it because I wanted to hear where we could grow. And I think that that's the difference there. So if you, if you really want to know for sure, the next time you get triggered by somebody else's, somebody else's success, be mindful. Am I inspired or am I jealous? Check this out. People with a fixed mindset thrive when things are safely in their grasp. Yes. They thrive when things are safely in their grasp. When you know you can knock it out of the park, when you know that it's in your skill set, you thrive. So mm-hmm. in my particular example, if somebody is going to say, hey, you've got a, uh, you got a podcast, you got a big podcast coming up with some, you know, like a very famous podcaster, you got a big, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shine in that because I love it. I know I can do a great job with it. If somebody says, hey, I need you to do a talk, I know I can get out there in front of the group. But if you put me, to use the example we did earlier, if you put me in an example where I have, you know, 100 people that I need to lead the team, I'm going to, I am going to be sweating, feeling uncomfortable and know that I'm not going to knock it out of the park and I'm going to find any way I could to call Kim and say, can you do me a favor? Can you cover this? But what I really should be doing in that example is saying, okay, I need to learn this and I need to get better. And I know when I first do this, I'm going to suck. But I'm willing to go through the steps to learn because I have a growth mindset. So one of the goals that I set for myself, one of my 90-day goals is to train myself to have more of a growth mindset. These kind of goals are difficult to measure exactly, but it's more like an awareness for me of you know being aware of what it is that I'm thinking when I'm thinking it and how I'm thinking. And I'm, I have caught myself in a fixed mindset 5 million times since I learned this principle. I want to give you one more example to help. And what we're doing is we're trying to give you lots of different ways because this is a little tricky to understand because you kind of think you understand it, but you really, I'm learning that what I thought I understood, I really didn't understand. So I want to give you another example. Okay, so check this out. So she did this study. We talked earlier about the study that she did of kids who were 10 10 years old with puzzles. And so she's like, well, I wonder if this translates not just to adolescent, but does it translate later into college years? So for those of you that either are in medical school or went to medical school or know somebody who's in medical school, know that there is a first trimester, first quarter weeding out class called biochemistry. It's kind of like this insanely difficult class. Um, I took it uh, to get into uh, in my first uh, quarter of uh, chiropractic school because chiropractors want to want to match medical school because they feel inferior. And one of the things that they <laughs> and one of the things that that uh, my first day they give us this chemical formula and it goes across like you know five blackboards and I'm like there's no way I'm going to be able to do this and so. The average grade for this class is a C plus. I don't care if you're in Harvard or you're in chiropractic school. The average grade is a C plus because they just really want to see um, who's going to get weeded out and who's going to be able to make it. These kids who were clearly good at chemistry and a lot of them really, really liked chemistry show up for this class and they were able to see who had a fixed mindset and who had a growth mindset by how they responded getting a C plus on classes that they've been getting an A plus or an A for their whole career. They started grumbling when it got difficult. They were like, I hate chemistry. Why do I even want to be in medical school? Is this even worth it? This class doesn't, isn't going to mean anything at all. And the other kids who had a growth mindset looked at it and said, whoa, 
this is a challenge, and they dug into it. This shows up whether you're 10 years old or in medical school. So check this out. New York Times article was written by uh, someone who read Carol Dweck's book and came to this conclusion that I just freaking loved. And he said, failure has been transformed from an action, I failed, to an identity, I am a failure. So when you fail at something, using the batting cage, uh, coming full circle here, using the batting cage as an example, if you swung and you tried to hit the ball and you couldn't hit the ball, you just failed at hitting the ball. You're not a failure, you failed at hitting the ball and you can get good at hitting the ball. When we're talking about jealousy Mm. and envy, my husband taught me via Tony Robbins, uh, I believe, the story about the woman with two hats. Can you can you share that story real quick? Because I'm going to paraphrase it and it's not going to be great. It's actually not a Tony Robbins story. It just I hit just me. I just made that up. You made that up. It just hit me this morning. One of the patients in our office, which I'll tell you uh, her name after we get off the podcast, said that- It was a patient in your office? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a patient. The old lady patient? No, nope. it okay. was a patient in my office. And um, I don't know if I told you the story or she told both of us the story, but basically here's how it goes. Her mom goes to church- and she, you know, back then, uh, years ago, this was her, you know, her mom's like- In, in, her, in, in the South. In the South, and her mom's in her late 80s, early 90s. And she goes to church and the women would be looking, you know, women are always looking at women, right? The women would look at the other women who had these big fancy hats on, you know, for, for church in the South. And it was, you know, it was just a, it was a show of wealth and it was a show of, you know, pr- prosperity. And so, you know, one woman would say, um, she'd look at the hat and she'd be like, look at her hat. And her mother trained herself to say, you know what? It's a beautiful hat. In fact, I hope she has two hats that are beautiful. By the way, if Tony Robbins didn't say that story, he needs to steal it and take it. Yeah. So, you know, Rob told me this. I don't think I was there for this. Um, I think you told me. And it always stuck with me when I'm not a jealous gal. I really am not, but every once in a while, I am competitive. And every once in a while, I get that little, mm, that little like hit of jealousy or that little monster that comes up. And I'll use yoga because this is like what I do now, but I'll be in yoga. And if I happen to have someone near me that's like a straight up yogi and does all the cool stuff, I will look over and be like, why can't I do that? This is so crazy. Like, how is it that I cannot do that pose that way? Like this, is, she's amazing. And I, and I feel that jealousy. And, I, and I'll literally say to my, myself, well, I hope she has two birds of paradise, like, or whatever. Be, even though it doesn't make sense in that actual but it's a, translation. But it's, it's a great pattern interrupt and reframe. It's a pattern reframe. interrupt and it's a reframe. Um, it's, it's a way of saying, good for you, keep rocking it. And I, you know, I'm going to keep working, I guess is the thing. So I wanted to to share that because I know that having these little tips and that, so that's my tip. If you feel that jealousy, say, I hope you have, I hope they have two of whatever. I hope they have two hats. So wrapping up in conclusion, number one, train yourself to love failure. Number two, learn to say, I love a challenge. You know, I love a challenge. And number three, add the word yet at the end of the sentence. I can't hit the baseball yet, right? Whatever it is for you, add the word yet. That's it, everybody. Have a great week and we will see. Oh, by the way, <laughs> by the way, if you made it to the end, I was they, supposed they are, to- They already hung up. I was, suppo- <laughs> I was supposed to say this at the beginning. Uh, for a few people, I'm doing some coaching. 
So if you are interested in coaching, go to work hard, play hard, wait for it, coaching. Dot com work hard play hard coaching.com fill out an application if you're in trans and I gotta tell you you know what you are such a good coach Aww. because you have done so much work and you have such a catalog of techniques and strategies and I have seen you double businesses income and businesses help other people like one of the guys came out of the mastermind immediately created new business and made money out of the gate and I I credit I credit a lot of that to you because you are so good at asking the right questions to get people to their goal. So I just, a little nod there. Well, on that note, I'm going to leave this. Hope you enjoyed this growth and fixed mindset conversation and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.